1: All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashef and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew
2: it? Now
1: here's Jamil.
2: Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Here we are back in the BN studios again for another fine episode of Can You Brew It? Another year of fine episodes, I another might Another year of fine episodes. Yeah, how long have we been on? A decade
3: already? Seems like it. I mean, no, <laughs> uh, not, <laughs> not long, long, long at all. Time. No, it's been really fun.
2: It has. I, I'm here. You know, it's, it's a joy to be with you, uh, my friend. Uh, oh, well, thank you. Mr. Tasty uh, McDowell, Mike Tasty McDole. Appreciate it. I enjoy doing the show with you. We have a good time. We have a lot of a lot of kidding around. We have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we uh, we really enjoy ourselves, and it's you know a lot of good beer, and uh, a lot of good information, and uh, you know stuff like that. I I you know we've been gone on break seems like forever. I don't know because we did our shows before, way before I went on vacation, right uh took the friend, the family down took the uh the Pope mobile down to uh Disneyland down to, and also down to San Diego visit uh some family down there as well and uh uh <clears throat> went down there i met uh you know Matt Staley i know i know uh, jp knows him <laughs> he's uh he's our uh friendly uh disney guy down there and uh, uh matt's a really nice guy he he took me out to uh, his favorite uh, local uh bottle sandwich beer shop, and mm. really impressive selection, mm. and uh, then we brought some some beers, and we went to the uh, Mobile and hung out there and tried a bunch of his beers, and he tried a couple of mine, and uh, had a good time. Then, then he went to dinner with us at uh, uh, J.T. Schmid's. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And, and, you know, he probably gets up at like 3 in the morning to get to work on time, so uh, I was a little... Uh, a little late for him, I'm sure, by the time we were done. But uh had a good time. What did what did you do over the uh the holidays? You have a have a wild
3: time? Uh the usual wild time, you know. You know, <laughs> beer, sports, and you know, watching sports and T V, you know, yeah. and uh hitting a few bars. Yeah. Just a few. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Three or four a week.
2: Three or four a week. Yeah. Yeah. And you holding it down. <laughs> yeah. Taking it taking it easy. Yeah. I know how that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I had a had a guy, well and I got a I got a present. You know, this uh, these uh, Kenya Brew-It shows, you know, or are and beers. Well, I got a gift from uh, Les Hoarth, who has this uh, home brewer's recipe database book. And what it is, <coughs> is a, uh, a book that lists, like, pretty much every commercial beer he could find. And the information he could gather about the grain bill and uh, hops and yeast and whatever he can get of them. So... In here, when he mentions uh, Can You Brew It as yeah, his source of information, he's got a fairly detailed recipe in there. You know, it's, it's just uh, its not the the full complete recipe, but enough to get you started. Which is really cool about this. So a lot of it may just be uh, like he said, the Sam Adams beers in here, because you go to the Sam Adams site and it'll show you, you mm-hmm. know, the the def- different different uh, grains and stuff. So whatever information he could glean here, or there, or, you know, everywhere in his travels he lists in here I mean, he's got beers from zimbabwe in here he's got uh, all yeah, those different they're from things everywhere yeah. so if you're starting out uh trying to clone some beers and we haven't gotten to him yet this guy's got like thousands of beers in here uh might be you know something to pick up uh, pick up a copy and uh you can you know uh at least get you started on uh, what the grain bill might be and uh you know how you might uh, start kind of kick it off and and uh you know, take a few stabs at it and uh if you're successful, <laughs> let us know. Send us the recipe. If you're not, uh you know then uh let yes. us know as well and we'll no.
3: we'll we'll try and knock it out for you. Try to get the brewer to tell us.
2: Yeah. Well we got in the studio with us today, we got uh uh Nathan Smith. Hey, one of our, our cloning uh, guru guys. He hasn't hasn't uh it was Justin's fault that uh, the, the the button wasn't pushed. Hey there, Jamil. There you go, much better. And then we got uh, also Mike Moraz, another one of our master cloning uh, clone team folks. And uh, relax in the back. We got the, the Chadster. He's back, back from his uh, his long journey. So it's kind of like old old home, down home,
4: back in the studio. <laughs> it's been a while. I don't uh, know. We got it, Justin too. Does it, does it feel fresh and new, like two thousand ten? Or just feel old with all these same old faces. And <laughs> I, you know, I walked in; it was just as old and stale and stinky as it yeah. always is. We didn't wash it over the break, that's yeah. for sure.
2: You crack a window every once in a while; that would help.
4: <laughs> i was worried about being robbed. <laughs> everything <laughs> yeah. tightly sealed, even when I'm sitting yeah. in here, you ever see that
2: Seinfeld episode where he couldn't get his car raw stolen? No, <laughs> because of the smell. It smells
4: so bad, <laughs> and you know nobody would even steal it. That is my defense mechanism. <laughs> right?
2: Exactly. <laughs> you know, skunks have a, have a you know their their way of uh, defending themselves. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Northern Brewer, our great sponsor. <laughs> speaking of fine smells, uh, they are uh, they're a <laughs> they're a fine a fine sponsor. Great, great company. They're out there. They uh, they make this show possible. They got uh, great products, great prices, and uh, they take care of the customers. You know, yeah. They they really got to focus on making sure that uh, everything they do is in support of what you do. You know, they want you to make great beer. Uh, wine, mead, uh, sodas, ciders, whatever else—you uh, know—they put a lot of effort into that because they want you to be successful. So you'll uh, you'll keep brewing and uh, brew your own magazine. They also help kind of sponsor us in a way. If you go to the uh, to the site and you uh, uh, the 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 uh, brewing network site, and uh, I even have a link on Mister Malty. You go and you uh, click on the. Uh, the uh, banner there, and you go sign up for uh, a year of uh, Brew Your Own, half that money goes gets kicked back down to the uh, the Brewing Network. And then a lot uh, means a lot, you know, uh, those few bucks. So uh, good magazine, too. I write for that uh, every issue. I have the style profile column in there. I've, I'm on like year three or four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looking back on I'm like, wow, I've been doing this for a while already. And, uh, you know, other stuff like that. Good stuff. God, everybody's like low energy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> about We're Friday. following your lead there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it must be the anniversary show. Kind of did everybody in. Uh, oh yeah, that was just yesterday. yesterday. Yeah.
4: Hey, we did have uh, actually Jake from Northern Brewer was on our. I was on the session yesterday. Yes. And talking about uh, what they're up to and how long they've been in the business. And uh, he's a good guy. So if you want to hear more from Northern Brewer, check out that session. Yeah. Also, he's running for the uh, AHA governing committee. governing committee. Right, he is my uh, go. my opponent. Yeah, I got,
2: I got a few. I got a few people you should vote for. You know, one is uh, Justin. I think he should he should be elected. There's uh, actually there's like four empty spots. Oh, there are now. Yeah. So and there's like three people running. So you may get elected. No, <laughs> maybe there's just there's like eight eight or nine people running and four open spots. Uh, you have to be an AHA member. So mm. if you're not, you know, go to the Brewing Network site. Uh, and you'll see an AHA banner there. It's not sold in the stores anymore. You go to AHA banner, you click on that, you sign up. Uh, a few bucks gets kicked back to the Brewing Network. You sign up for AHA, you're supporting a good organization that does a lot of good for everybody. And then you can vote for uh, your your elected representatives. I'd vote for Justin. I'd vote for Jake. we got uh, Drew Beecham down in Southern California. He's a a good friend and uh, I think uh, worthy of support, and there's a lot of good people on the list. and there's a, a couple others that I'd vote for as well, but, uh, you know, let's let's uh, cut it off at that. And, uh. <laughs> Can't vote for everybody. Can't
4: vote for everybody. Can't name the whole thing. But you, you know, know my own, for, you you're the only four. one on my whole staff that will vote for me, Jamil. Yesterday, <laughs> I announced it yesterday, and <laughs> yeah. they all looked at me like like, like everyone's insane. I'm going to vote
2: for somebody good. Yeah. I'm not going to waste my vote. You believe
4: that shit, Jamil?
2: Yes, I do. Oh, I worked with you long enough. Well, he was uh, startled when I understand. told him there's some actual work
3: they have to do. He looked a little like right. surprised. Yeah. That did make me nervous. You yeah. didn't tell me that. I was going to
2: say don't don't plan any parties uh, like like right <laughs> before the. Uh, all right. Uh, you know you have to you have to go to like an all day meeting oh, part of the governing committee. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like work. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, let's uh, kind of kick it into gear here. Maybe we'll wake up. Uh, if we start
4: talking about beer.
5: Fill a couple glasses up.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, what's our
4: challenge today, Justin? Well, we had a call come in for it to challenge you, so here it is.
5: Hey, Jamil.
6: Hey, Tasty. This is Dave Cometic calling in from the west coast of Florida. First off, I want to thank you guys and the Brewing Network for putting on the show, because it's introduced me to some great beers from some great breweries. One of those breweries is Stone Brewing from San Diego. Recently had a pint of their Levitation Ale, and I thought this was an amazing beer. It's really drinkable, full flavor, low gravity. I don't know how they do it, but I think this would be a great session beer to have on tap at home. So for the past few weeks, I've been trying to figure out how to brew this beer. And then I thought, why not ask the masters? So today's challenge for you guys is Stone's Levitation Ale. Can you brew it?
2: All right. Yeah. You know, Levitation is absolutely one of my favorite beers as well. It's got a great, you know, malt character to it, nice hop character to it. It's not over the top, you know, you you think stone, you think wow, you know, big beers over the top, you know, in your face, you know, bold and uh you know, on the on the bleeding edge. And uh this is something this is, you know, a session beer done by Stone. It's really cool. So uh I love it. I I, I drink a lot of that. Uh and a six pack cost me like ten dollars and fifty cents. I, I just just pick one up. It's like yeah. ten, fifty, wow. I mean it's worth it. It's worth it. But uh you know, it's it's uh,
3: one you might want to
2: might want to try and brew.
3: Yeah, it certainly falls within the uh, realm of home brewers in terms of its you know gravity and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. brewability and stuff like that.
2: Right, right. Yeah, it's what uh, you know, four point four percent. Yeah, I it's have? real. Yeah, it's an easy, easy maker, easy yeah. drink. And I can I can drink that while I'm working, and uh, you know, you can drink that for breakfast. Do exactly breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> yeah, like I can have a, an entire stone today. It's not that you. way. You'd be just like Tasty then. <laughs> Chad just lit up back there. <laughs> now we got people's attention. Yeah. 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 Now they woke up, didn't they? Yeah. They're like, what?
7: what?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll meet you out back. Yeah. Uh, all right. And uh, so the, the first thing I did, you know, just like on the Arrogant Bastard show, yeah, you know, first thing we did is turn to uh, Stone for some help. I called up uh, Mitch Steele and uh, uh, asked him uh, a little bit about levitation. So, while we do this, we'll take a short break, and when we come back, we'll hear from Mitch about uh, how to brew this fine beer. Back after this. Hi, my roommate's gone for the weekend, and I'm wearing something flimsy.
6: Listen, baby, I told her not to call me after 8. I gotta go. Who is that? Your
1: girlfriend? Set up, Doug. Did you guys get the cauldron set up on the altar of my yard? If you weren't so busy getting booty calls, you know that. All right, I'm using the scroll of Mosier to boil the first decoction.
0: You took too long. The color is now darkened past the point where you can still call it a pilsner. Yes. Ugh. I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster.
5: What's this, Poindexter Urkel? Dude,
0: can't you see we're in the middle of a brew session?
5: Is that an actual
1: beer?
3: Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd.
1: Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you belch White Labs, 833, and crap Simcoe? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Cylon Detecting Three-Hearted Ale and the collector's item Super Alt. Mine's in mint condition because it's still in the box. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. Be an army members. Are you looking for a discount on hops? Keep listening. Nico's Homebrew Supply at NicoBrew.com has hops by the ounce and by the pound. Choose from varieties like Amarillo, Centennial, East Kent Goldings, Holler Simcoe, Summit, Tomahawk, Warrior, Willamette, and more. And adding new varieties all the time, many for less than 20 bucks a pound. Whether a couple ounces at a time or an 11 pound bag, all hops are shipped vacuum sealed and frozen straight to you. Nico's Homebrew Supply offers store-wide $5 flat rate shipping and won't waste your money on unnecessary overhead or advertising. They're going bare bones and passing the savings on to you. The staff at Nico's Homebrew Supply loves to brew and is committed to keeping homebrewing affordable and accessible to anyone who wants to join in this great hobby. And for a limited time, use coupon code BNARMY at checkout for a Brewing Network discount. Visit nicobrew.com. That's N-I-K-O brew.com. For your hops and more, nicobrew.com, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business.
8: Listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional.
0: Let's do What's going on, man? Oh my god, it was the best time. We hit like more than thirty breweries, and uh, totally the best of the best. You know, Russian River, uh, Firestone, the, the brewery dudes, Twenty uh, First Amendment, Lagunitas, friggin' Triple Rock, uh, the Double Daddy guys, Speakeasy, Linden, and uh, Firehouse, Gordon B's, Drakes, dude, on and on. Ale Industries, Moonlight. It was totally awesome, and and it was the uh, and it was the first. Annual. you know i got to be at the birth the inception you only get one first time baby What's that? oh it was the uh it was the brewing network's first annual winter brews festival live music great food Oh man it was uh saturday january 30th you really should have gone check out the brewing network.com on tap to see what you missed or did you the first annual
1: brewing network winter brews festival is coming up january 30th don't miss it
4: you're listening to the Brewing Network.
2: I'm speaking with Mitch Steele, head brewer at Stone Brewing in Escondido, California. How are you doing today, Mitch?
6: I'm doing great. How are you?
2: Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I've got a uh, a glass of uh, Stone beer right right with me right now. A, a glass of Levitation. Uh, oh, that's I'm a good one. That. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> one, of, one of my favorites. I can I can drink that during the day and uh, not not get uh, not to get too blasted. Um, And uh, I I appreciate you joining us again. You helped us out with a a previous interview on Arrogant Bastard, although... uh,
6: (laughs) (laughs) I helped a lot, didn't
2: I? You know, at the very least, uh, it was uh, entertaining and interesting. (laughs) And, uh, and, you know, it's a difficult spot to put you in, so we really appreciate that. And, you know, one of the things that uh, everybody says about you is how, you know, friendly and helpful you are. And uh, you've got such a a great, uh, uh, you know, love of the community, it seems, that, um, you know, some brewers are are just not as... uh, uh, kind of generous with their time as you are. Uh, you know, how how did you get into professional brewing? Uh, how, you know, did you come from a homebrew background or or something it, else?
5: Well, it, it, it
6: was uh, yes and yes. I, I think is probably the best way to answer that. I, uh, I I fell into the brewing science program when I was going to uh, University of California Davis in the early '80s. I was on the winemaking track and. And I fell into, uh, well, I was taking a microbiology class, I think it was, and, uh, Dr. Michael Lewis, who was the brewing professor at the time up at Davis, uh, came in and gave a guest lecture on brewing beer, and I just, I was hooked. It was, it, it was like the light bulb went off, and, um, you know, so I ended up going kind of the brewing track at Cal Davis and wanting to, to be a professional brewer. And right about the same time, you know, I was inspired by that whole, situation and so that's about when I started home brewing in about uh, I want to say it was 1983 or 84 and I had home brewed off and on. I actually when I graduated from college uh, there were very few brewing jobs available and I ended up going to work in the wine business in California for about 8 years and I was home brewing during that time. And I was living in a town uh, called Hollister, uh, which is just south of San Jose. And I saw a newspaper ad in the local paper about a guy who was starting up a brew pub, and this was in the 1987-1988 time frame when in the Bay Area there were brew pubs really starting to take off. This is the time when, uh, when Tide House was starting up and Winchester Brewing Company and Gordon Beerish, and it was right around that that period. and. I looked the guy's number up and gave him a call. I was thinking that maybe I'd I'd invest in the brewery and maybe hang out and see if brewing professionally was something that I really wanted to do and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. he learned my background, and we sat around and we talked for quite a bit, and I ended up going to work for him as, as the head brewer there, um, and that was at San Andreas Brewing Company, which I was there for four years and, and uh, got a great uh, bit of experience, you know, brewing. We did pretty much British-inspired ales, and 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 Bill Millar, who owned owned the brewery, really wanted to make. He didn't want to do really big beers he wanted to do low alcohol beers with a lot of flavor because he wanted he wanted it to be kind of a friendly atmosphere where people could come in and have a a few pints and and not have any issues driving home or anything like that you know so that was his goal and that's what he challenged me with brewing which really wasn't that hard you know it was like okay you know it's you know the british people have been doing this for years so you know how do we do it here um and i was there for four years um And I ended up leaving to take a job with Anheuser-Busch, and I was with Anheuser-Busch for 14 years, did a lot of jobs with Anheuser-Busch, moved all over the country. And all during this time, I was still homebrewing, and I homebrewed quite a bit, especially uh, my last stop at Anheuser-Busch was out in New Hampshire. And I was brewing at the Merrimack Brewery, which is near Manchester, about an hour north of Boston. And I joined a homebrew club out there and was very, I would say I was very active with the homebrew club during that time. And it was nice because it was my creative outlet and I was able to really brew some really fun things and uh, got to meet a lot of great people. And they're still very good friends Mm -hmm. to this day. So and then uh, I left there 2006 uh, to come here and join Stone. So it's been a good ride so far, you know. And you mentioned uh, uh, you know being part of the community, and and I I feel very fortunate. You know, I've had a I've had a great career. I've had a great ride, and you know, it, if I can give back to you know to anybody that's interested in learning how we do things or. You know, showing them around or telling them what I've experienced, then I'm I'm happy to do that because I've been really very lucky in this business, and I've I've gotten to do some things that a lot of people haven't have wouldn't have the opportunity to do. You know, brewing new beers at Anheuser Busch, brewing special release, uh, you know, ales and things like that at Anheuser Busch. That's uh, you know, kind of one of those once in a lifetime opportunities, and I learned a, a heck of a lot doing that. Um, and then. Of course, here at Stone, you know, this is like, you know, this is a dream job for me, so I'm not, uh, you know, I'm certainly not, I'm certainly counting my blessings all along the way. So, you know, anytime I can I can help people out or share anything, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that because it's all about, that's what it's all about. A lot of people shared a lot with me and, and, and helped me along the way, and I just like to do the
2: same. Well, and uh, you know, I think the the stint at Anheuser Bush would, you know, you must have uh, picked up a lot of uh, brewing science. I mean, they they have a lot of knowledge there, is is my understanding. And uh, and then the creativity with the mm-hmm. homebrew side, uh, you know, sounds like the perfect blend of of uh, education and profession to to really get you where you're going. And you know, you say you're you're lucky, but I think you know, you make your own luck now. Interestingly enough, you and I were both going to UC Davis at the same time. Were we really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I went wrong. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you went right. So uh, well,
6: you know how what clearly. happened was. I I remember my freshman year. I got bumped out of a rec- class, and I didn't. I had no idea what I was going to major in, and. Uh-huh. I had an advisor tell me you have to take the intro to winemaking class and and if you need a class, take that one. And I took it and I was just like, Oh my God, this is just this is it. You know, this is a way to combine science and right. and art and creativity and everything that I, I like. Yeah, it's yeah. all in one, you know, and and that's why I went the winemaking route, and then when the beer thing, when I discovered the the brewing science, I you know I just veered a little bit to the left and went that way.
2: Now, see, my advisor, you know, gave me the the, the shaft because uh, I had the same thing, and and, and they're like, oh, yeah, take some creative writing course. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> a little I, I could have gone into brewing. Yeah, but you, you've written a pretty nice book, though. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I still think I got the short end of this deal here. <laughs> yeah, well.
6: <laughs> Crazy.
2: Well, and you mentioned the uh, the lower alcohol beers at uh, at uh, San Andreas, and, and uh, one of my favorite beers that you guys do that has uh, been requested multiple times is the Levitation Ale. I'm drinking a, a glass of it right now um it's only 4.4% alcohol but you know the flavor is tremendous there's a lot of uh, malt character to it there's a real citrusy hop uh note in there uh you know so it's not a it's not a wimpy beer i don't think stone could make anything wimpy but it's uh <laughs> you know i i can drink a couple glasses of this and uh you know with it only 4.4% uh you know i'm just fine to uh, you know have some more <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know that's
6: why we that's why we brewed it um you know that that beer came into being before i got here to stone but the idea behind it was because most of our beers are fairly high in alcohol uh we wanted to as a company wanted to have a beer that was a little bit more sessionable but still had that stone character and that was um and that was the goal with with the stone levitation ale and Interestingly enough when I got here within the first week of the job, you know, Steve Wagner who's who's the president of the company and and the brewmaster and my boss came to me and said, "Hey, do something with levitation ale. I don't like how it tastes." And that was about all he told me. And <laughs> and he gave me uh you know, first, you know, first week on the job 100% creative freedom to to adjust that recipe and uh i think we came up with something pretty good I, I i'm really happy with where it is right now and uh so that was that was a fun one and one that we we put a lot of work into and and took a lot of pride in the end result you know when it when it came out and then the recipe hasn't changed in a couple of years now but we we did tinker with it a lot the first year i was here
2: mm-hmm. can you tell me what kind of uh malts are in that yeah it's
6: a um uh, obviously it's you know it's uh pale malt um and the pale malt is, you know, it's a fairly high percentage, you know, it's uh, in the mid-80s. And and then we're using two types of crystal malt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're using a 75-degree Lovabond and 150-degree Lovabond. And I think, you know, with the low gravity and everything, that, that higher-colored crystal malt um, it gives it enough malt character to really, you know, it, it come through and, and have enough character in, in the beer, mm-hmm. you know, with being the low-alcohol. Um, and then the other thing that we use in this beer is we use a little bit of black malt, and it's just, just under a percent to give it kind of that deep red color. Mm-hmm. And before, you know, when we started tinkering with this beer, it had a lot more crystal malt, and the beer was really, in my opinion, it was it was a little bit too heavy and too sweet. And a little unbalanced, and so we pulled some of the some of the crystal malts out and made up the color difference with a little bit of black malt, and I think that really kind of helped give us uh, an interesting malt profile, and then also allowed us, you know, to to have the malt flavors come through without the beer being cloying or overly sweet.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's real drinkable. It's not uh, not not a heavy beer, and. uh yeah and I I think a lot of breweries uh tend to to make something uh you know too sweet. They you know mm-hmm. as if uh and I think most of the stone uh beers tend to be on the drier side. Uh you know you, well attenuated right. and 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 I think that's what lends itself to a lot of drinkability even in the bigger beers.
6: I I agree and you know they were They were pretty dry when I got here. We dried out a couple of the beers a little bit, you know, just using lower mashing uh, conversion rest temperatures. But in general, the beers here are on the dry side, and I've really gotten to the point where I, I really prefer a beer to be dry, especially a beer with a lot of hops because... If you have that residual dextrin character in the beer, as the beer ages, that really overwhelms the hops very quickly. And if you have a drier beer, your hop character tends to last a bit longer. At least that's been our experience. And that's, you know, with with IPAs and double IPAs and and even the levitation as well. You know, having a a lower terminal gravity, I think, lends itself to the beer aging a little bit better Mm -hmm. as it sits on a shelf somewhere.
2: What does what does a, a beer like this uh, end up as in the final gravity?
6: It uh, finishes off at about three point three Plato, or
2: mm-hmm.
6: maybe just over, maybe three point two, somewhere in, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, I could tell you for sure. Um, yeah, low threes, typically, mm-hmm. and we start off. Um, uh, we start off this beer with a gravity of 12 Plato.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. And um, what sort of uh, mash temperature do you do on this one?
6: Well, this one's actually at, at a fairly high temperature, and I, and I had to go double-check because I didn't, you know, given where the rest of our beers are, I didn't realize that this one was as high as it is. Uh, we, we rest at 157. Mm-hmm. And it's just, a, but it's a very and it's a it's fairly short rest. Um, it's only about ten or fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. um, but it it gets us a fairly fairly high fermentability, surprisingly enough. And I think that's because you know the pale malt's a fairly high percentage, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it doesn't take long to really really get that conversion. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, when uh, the people at Lagunitas told me they did a, a rest at one sixty, um, was there. <laughs> I was like, really? And I had heard that before, and, and sure enough, it worked out. I was surprised.
6: Uh, yeah, that's higher than anything we do here. I know that. That's, uh, I was, like I said, I was surprised the Levitation is at 157, because uh-huh. most of our beers are in the lower 150s.
2: Uh-huh. And then um, what about hopping on this? It's got a great citrusy hop character.
6: Yeah, that's uh that's Amarillo um in the dry hop and and that was something that we started doing when we were tinkering with the recipe. It it originally uh the beer was not dry hopped and we started dry hopping and we tried a couple of different varieties before we, we settled on the Amarillo. Mm-hmm. Uh and that, that happened um that was like right after we brewed the tenth anniversary and that was the first beer that we we brewed uh for release that had had the Amarillo hop in it. But um Really, we've taken a pretty strong liking to that hop. Um, So we're using the Amarillo and the dry hop. Uh, But we also, the couple of interesting things that we do with this beer that we don't do with some of our other beers is, most of our beers we have one single hop addition during the boil, and we boil for 90 minutes. And we add hops at the beginning of the boil, and then we don't do any more hop additions during the boil. We have a separate whirlpool here. And we will hop for flavor and enhanced, you know, ar- aroma characteristics in the whirlpool. And then if we want the real intense hop character, we'll dry hop as well. But with, with the Stone Levitation Ale, we, we hop in the kettle uh, with Columbus. And, and then we do a late hop um, about 10 minutes before knockout with, with Amarillo again, mm-hmm. and, um, which for us is unusual. We usually don't do, do a second kettle hop. Um, and then in the, uh, we do whirlpool hopping like we we do with all of our beers and we're using a a blend of crystal and Simcoe in the whirlpool. Mm -hmm. And I don't really remember how we came up with that combination. I think we were thinking the crystal wasn't giving us enough and we just wanted to augment it a little bit with some, something a little bit more strong. And we had some Simcoe that we tried and we ended up liking the result. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're using, I, I think for this beer, we're using more hop varieties than we typically use. We've got, uh... One, two, three, four different hop varieties in this beer, which is more than usual for us, and uh, and then we do the the late kettle hop edition as well, which I think adds to the flavor.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 got a lot of uh, interesting hop uh, complexity. You you wouldn't uh, pick it out necessarily as as just one uh, one hop edition.
6: Yeah, it's uh, I think. You know, I think it, it, it got us where we want to be, and, and um, you know, and so we just left it the way it was, you know, with the late hop edition. We tried it, and we liked it, and so mm-hmm. uh, there wasn't anything real calculated about it, except that it was something different, and maybe, you know, we were thinking at, at, when we were tinkering with this, the the beer was a little bit heavy on the caramel, and we wanted to get a little more malt complexity in there, and, and I think, uh, so that's what we were aiming for.
2: Mm-hmm. And what about the um, uh, uh, IBUs? There's Forty-five,
3: or
6: well, um, with uh, with levitation, what we're looking at uh, for Wort IBUs is actually it's, a, it's higher than that. It's a, it's mm-hmm. about sixty-five to seventy,
2: mm-hmm. okay,
6: in Wort, and then uh, during the fermentation, it drops out. It finishes out at about fifty.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. And uh, let's see, any other uh, tips that you might have for us on? Uh brewing this
6: well the one thing that that i can say is uh you know being the low gravity and it's a fairly fast fermenter for us uh we found this is the only beer that we do this with but we found that it's real important to do a diacetyl rest on this beer mm. uh it tends to it tends to have some residual diacetyl if we don't don't give it that little bit of a rest at the end of the fermentation before we start pulling the yeast off and dry hopping it when we dry hop we uh um, what, we have conical fermenters here and so typically what we do is uh, when we hit close to terminal gravity we'll, we'll cap the tank off to build a little pressure in the tank and then, um, and then we will draw the yeast off the cone and just get most of the yeast out of the beer before we add the hops mm-hmm. we chill the tank from we fermented about 72 degrees uh, we'll chill it down to about 65 degrees get the yeast to settle out and then add the add the dry hops. Go through uh, three recirculations with the dry hops over a 36 hour period, and then chill the tank down to 35 degrees. Mm-hmm. That's our normal dry hopping procedure. With uh, stone levitation ale, you know, we do something a little bit different. In that, when we hit that, that gravity where we cap, we just hold off on doing anything, and we let the temperature rise up a few degrees to get to, to kind of dry that diethyl out. Uh, of the beer, and that that has worked for us. And I don't know if it's because we're using so much crystal malt, or which you know, I you know, it's less than fifteen percent. I don't know if that's it or not, but mm-hmm. or because of the low gravity or whatnot. But for whatever reason, this beer tends to throw a little more diastole than any of our other beers, and so that works for us.
2: Mm-hmm. That's really interesting.
6: Yeah, you know, it's one of those things we had to kind of work through and say, what the heck is going on with this? This doesn't happen in any of our other beers. And you know, I think it's a combination of gravity and crystal malts and things like that, but uh, you know, we've we've come up with a technique to 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 deal with it and so, you know, the diacetyl rest works for us.
2: Okay. Uh, and what about uh water adjustments? What what do you what do you do for uh your brewery water there?
6: We're using city water. And it comes in at about 300 parts per million hardness.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: And it comes in chock full of chlorine and all sorts of good musty flavors and things like that. And what we do is we run all the water through a carbon filter. Mm-hmm. And then we run part of it through a reverse osmosis unit to get the mineral content. And we blend it back together into a water tank. And we get the we get the hardness down to about 100 parts per million. And Pretty consistently, that's what we use for our brewing water, and that's that's all we do. We don't we don't do any uh, any salt salt additions in the mash or anything like that. Um, we just get it down to about a hundred parts per million, and then go.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, uh, thank you very much for your your help with this. Uh, huh? It's a a great beer, one that I I really love. Of course, I love all your beers, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's got a special place in my heart since I can drink more of it. And, um,. <laughs> And I think, uh, you know, I'm going to have a lot of fun. Uh, I think this this one I'm going to brew. I, I don't think I'm going to let somebody else brew this one. I think this one's for me. Awesome.
6: Well, yeah. thank you. It's, uh, you know, it's it's a fun one for us, and it's it's done really well for us over the past year or so. We, you know, we won a gold medal with this at the Great American Beer Festival a couple years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, it's been selling very well, and, and people like it. And and I, I like it a lot, too, myself. It's uh, Like you said, it's a good beer if you want to have a couple of pints and not have to worry about it. So mm-hmm. uh, I appreciate you asking me about it it.
9: Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty Christmas you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft beer equipment bottling aids and more they even have their own line of precision hydrometers go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code brew at the order checkout for five dollars off your next order over fifty dollars orders placed by 3 p.m ship the same day again go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code brew at checkout for five dollars off your next order brewing is easy the williams way downtown joe's located in the historic oberon building in beautiful downtown napa california offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8:30 a.m to 1 a.m every day for 15 years at the corner of 2nd and main downtown joe's has been voted best night spot seven times and best brew Pub for the last four years in a row Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales like his tail wagon amber ale and double secret probation IPA are the perfect accent to riverside dining live music and a relaxing outdoor patio don't miss the beer of the month special rotating taps and the BN Army member special wear your BN gear get 10% off your beer visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations peruse their extensive calendar of events or just read more about their fantastic beers come enjoy the fine beer food and music downtown joe's the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home hi this is push from the brewing network and i want to tell
0: you about the brewmasters warehouse and how you can get 10 percent off your next order i'm a pretty techie guy but i've never seen an online store like this it's awesome Go to BrewMastersWarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the BrewMasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. BrewMasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it. With great service, fast turnaround, and six ninety nine dollars flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN ARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order.
8: Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for an economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zanesha and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard and polish your style accuracy with Jamel. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash Network, or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own. The How-To Homebrew Beer Magazine.
1: Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network.
4: The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Dude. Put you're some sugar and some water and some yeast in there.
6: Yeah. It's beer. <laughs> <laughs> the Network.
2: Now back to can you brew it? All right, we're back, and this was. uh This was Mike Mraz's challenge. That's one of the reasons he's here. Uh, Not that we don't enjoy being here with uh, Mike Mraz. It's always (laughs) a pleasure to uh, sit around and drink his beer. But uh, you know, how about that Mitch Steele? Extremely (laughs) helpful. Yeah. Gave us all sorts of good information. Yeah, gave us the keys to the kingdom there. What a great guy. Yeah, Yeah,
4: he is a good guy. He felt bad for you guys after Arrogant. I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think he drugged drug us behind the truck did, on that he, one. Because he's really a nice guy like that. I think he literally felt bad that you yeah. had to brew Arrogant yeah. without help. Right, so. yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, it's going to work in our
2: favor, you yeah. know? He's going to be like, well, you know, uh, after they... Uh, Kind of uh, couldn't give couldn't give us anything on that. I mean, he would have if he could, right? But uh, he's you know, they are so generous. Strict instructions not to. They are. If
5: you look at their website, I mean, they give all the ingredients, all the hops, maybe not the percentages like you got from the interview, but the. um,
2: But even you know, even just scheduling uh, an interview with a lot of these guys, it's kind of tough. And a lot of them, I'm playing phone tag and email tag, and it's. You know, it's months later, and I still haven't pinned them down to a time, and I, you know, and, I, and I say, hey, you know, whatever time you want, name it, 24-7, just name a time and day, and that's good. I will, you know, whatever works for you, I'll make it happen. And then you know they're like, well, you know, maybe sometime next <laughs> week. And then it doesn't happen with Mitch. He's like, well, sure. Uh, how about you know this time or that time? But you know, I can now? do any time you want. You know, and he's mm-hmm. there. It's within a couple of days. He makes the time and uh, makes it happen. So uh, yeah, he's he's just an awesome guy. Uh, it's absolutely one of my my top favorite people in all of the beer world. Really nice guy. And uh, let's see here. Should we go over the recipe first, or you want to do a clone, not clone first? We tasted the beer over the over the uh, the break. And if you're if you're listening live, one of the cool things you can do is to go to Justin.tv slash the Brewing Network. Just, just Brewing Network. Oh, Brewing Network. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Justin.tv slash Brewing Network and. Um, you can see uh, what's happening here in the studio. You try see, to show you the beer in it. the
4: cam as best we can yep, so you can yep. get a look at it.
2: And you can see I'm wearing my uh, Treasure Coast Brewmasters shirt from uh, from the Treasure Coast Brewmasters. Very nice. If you want to send me a, uh, a club shirt, I will wear it proudly. Mm. Extra large, please. <laughs>
4: <laughs> For now.
2: <laughs> For now, yeah. <laughs> if it's going to be a while till it gets to me, maybe double XL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's going to be next year, triple, quadruple. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, the recipe I, I I got out of this thing was, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, again, we do all these since the dawn of the Jamel show. We've been doing all these, a six-gallon recipe, 70% efficiency, regular formula, yada, yada, yada. Same as in the uh, Brewing Classic Styles book. Uh, let's see here. The uh, pale, pale ale malt, uh, and I went with the, the, great, the British uh, pale ale malt, uh, Four point two five kilograms and a half a kilogram of uh, crystal seventy five. These are all British uh, malts. Uh, a quarter kilogram of uh, crystal one hundred and fifty uh, and about twenty grams of black patent malt. If you want to do those in uh, hard to use uh, <laughs> measurements, that's uh, nine point three seven pounds of uh, of the uh, the pale malt. Uh, 1.1 pounds of Crystal 75, 0.55 pounds of Crystal 150, and uh, 0.06 pounds of Black Patent. For the hops, and the mash temperature, 157, he said. Uh, and uh, that's what we did there. On the hops, 14 grams or a half ounce of Columbus. These are all pellets, again, using the Rager formula, at uh, 90 minutes. And then uh, the way I adjust for these... Um, uh, whirlpool additions in the recipes is uh, I go ahead and give them to you uh, adjusted for the whirlpool if you want to run up to the end of the boil dry, and apparently this is what uh, Tasty and uh, Mraz are doing uh, run it up to the end of the boil then drop the hops in and then just let it sit instead of whirlpool you know half the whirlpool uh, that's another way of doing it so follow the uh, you know what the uh, uh, Mitch was doing in on the show Otherwise, uh, 29 grams of Amarillo at uh, 30 minutes or 1.02 ounces. Uh, 33 grams of Crystal at 20 minutes or uh, 1.16 ounces. Uh, 11 grams of Simcoe also at 20 minutes, uh, 0.39 ounces. So in the interview, uh, Mitch was saying, you know, 10-minute edition. I turned it into a 20. So you kind of make these adjustments as you're, you know, Anticipating what they're doing with their word afterwards. Once I stop the boil, I turn on the whirlpool chiller and I'm chilled down within a few minutes and nothing's really happening with the hops. Uh, you know, they go in hot into a whirlpool and the whirlpool at 30 minutes hot. And so uh, you have to kind of take that into account. Uh, let's see. And then uh, dry hopping uh, 42 grams or an ounce and a half of Amarillo. And let's see here. Uh, fermented out with uh, White Labs WLP007 Dry English Ale yeast, and they adjust their water. Uh, they blend it down about a hundred parts per million. Uh, they ferment it at seventy-two, but I would suggest uh, going with a sixty-seven degrees Fahrenheit uh, fermentation. The reason being, they got those really tall fermenters, puts a lot of uh, pressure on the yeast, and um, there's an increased partial pressure of CO2, there's more hydrostatic pressure, all this stuff uh, results in lower esters. And they can get away with a nice hot temp like that, but you won't be able to. So 67 is probably about where you want to have it. And uh, dry hop at 65 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, Should finish out around uh, 3.2 to 3.3 Plato. And you want to do a diacetyl rest uh, at the end. Now... uh, (coughs) All right. Before we get to Mr. Moraz's comments here, uh, why don't we go around and 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 see what uh, people have to say about this beer? Let's start with uh, Justin. We don't want to start
4: with Justin that often. Let's uh, get your two cents. I had a hard time with this beer. I don't know if it's because I've been on vacation. And And it tasted like beer, so it was good. It tasted like beer. My palate's having a difficulty. Either that or it's just really, really close. I've been having trouble uh, trying to taste the differences. Color looks perfect to me. Uh, One of them had a a, a more uh, more hop-pronounced aroma than the other. Um, But taste-wise really really similar i the only differences uh, that you know we kind of surmised it a bit when we were talking at the break seemed to be age to me uh, maybe just that one tastes less fresh than the other one so I say cloned well and my fault i you know the I live in the backwater called Elk Grove and uh ah, yeah.
2: you know it's hard to find levitation up there sometimes, and you know the the six pack I bought expired like you know six months ago. <laughs>
4: Yeah, okay.
2: Like, used before right. the dawn of time.
4: and uh, Well, know. so that being said, so then that I,
2: might have an effect on it.
4: I think that that one was labeled number one to me, and it just I had a little pepper, cardboardy taste to it that number two didn't. Number two mm-hmm. had a really fresh. But the character of the two beers, to me, just tastes so similar. I wouldn't mm-hmm. change the recipe. If you handed it to me and said, this is levitation, I would have believed you. Mm-hmm. So by those two standards, I say cloned. All right. Nate how about you I'd also say cologne on a similar note the
7: number one I believe is the commercial beer Mm -hmm. and it does seem oxidized it does seem a bit old but Mm -hmm. the actual malt bill still comes through to me a little bit aside from the cardboard parts of it like the crystal malt profile seems accurate got a little Mm -hmm. bit of the higher order crystal malts Mm -hmm. and definitely some solid caramel in with the American hops number two I believe is the homebrew example and it has a much brighter, fresh hop character, but I wouldn't change the recipe. The uh, number one example just seems like an older version of uh, the homebrew that we have sitting in front of us. I think mm-hmm. that number two is the same recipe as number one, just a much fresher mm-hmm. example of mm-hmm. the beer. Mm-hmm. So I'd say cloned.
2: Okay. And uh, Chad, how about you? I, I'd say... Am I there? Hello. Oh. I'd say cloned. Yeah. Um, you know,
5: I Actually, I had the chance to try the Levitation for the first time in connecticut of all places and it was a fresh batch so number two um that hop nose and that nice light
6: kind
2: of um taste in the palate was what i remember and um you know number one definitely has a little more molasses in it uh, you know that caramel malt uh hops kind of dropped out so number two um for me was just excellent what i remember that beer so i'd say cloned okay and uh let's see what do what do, what do i think uh You know, for me, um, yeah, I I would say number one has a little bit of oxidation. Again, it's probably sat out a good six, eight months on the hot BevMo shelf through the summer. Um, And, uh, you know, it's picked up a little oxidation. I think the hop character's dropped a bit. But, uh, you know, interestingly enough, I would still drink that beer. I mean, I've got more bottles of this. It's, I'd still drink
5: It's I, not I, bad by any means. Yeah, I'm definitely. It's and oxidized. It's, right. Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. it's amazingly uh, in good shape for something that's been there that long, that hot, and, uh, you know, that low of gravity. And uh, so, it, it, absolutely, you know, I'd, I'd still drink that. Um, I do think that uh, number two is a little... Got a little too much bitterness and a little too much hop
5: character. So, so, repeat. So, I have more hops than stones. Is that what you're saying? Right. I, okay. I, I think it's still a, just a <laughs> tiny <laughs> bit too much. I'll, I'll say thank you. Yeah. I will say that compliment. the, the character is good.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it's delicious beer. Absolutely delicious. The thing that I think is identical is the malt character. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's dead on. It, there's no. He, uh, you know, you could change the hops a little bit, and then actually, let's you know, little secret—that's what we did during the uh, the break. Was we kind of adjusted between the two recipes because the recipe I had may have been a little shy, and I think Mike's is a, a little high. So, right there in the middle, I think the recipe we're giving is, is probably you know spot on. I mean, that would be the only. Yeah. I mean, we're we're knocking the dry hops down from you had two ounces to an ounce and a half. I think it's that a- that would make the difference. And the Columbus, I knocked down. Uh, a little bit. You had three quarter ounce. It dropped down to half. I think a half. One question. Too bitter.
7: Uh, so these both of these recipes are derived from the interview. It's not as if Mike right. was getting the recipe from somewhere else and you were right, getting the recipe right, from right. somewhere else. Okay.
5: And actually, I, you know, I don't know if there's some the, miscommunication there. I was supposed to get the recipe <laughs> from Jamil, and he, I was supposed so. to kind of help him out. But you know, it's
2: it it is it is very
5: very close, and I I will. Um... It's what I find interesting is it's the inner workings of somebody building a recipe, and it's, right. there's you have some extreme knowledge of hops and malt profile and of residual sugars from crystal malts, mm-hmm. and, and I use that same knowledge, you know, when I build recipes, and he doesn't give us exact percentage of crystal malts mm-hmm. and even which ones they are. Um, and it was pretty amazing that we came up with see, almost the same, right? Yeah, same we, recipe. because it's
2: really close. And I think, um, I think he may have given me some additional information after the interview was over. <laughs> so, you know, because yeah, you know it's difficult to do these interviews, and then you're like, oh, did did I, you know? And he asked, you know, did I answer all your questions? He wants to make sure he's given me every piece of information that I want. Mm-hmm. I look back at the list. I'm like, oh no, I, I forgot to ask you about this. But hey, it's not going to be in the interview. I'm sorry, you know. You have to just. Uh, th- that's why I sent you the, the the recipe. Of course, I sent you the recipe. We'll we'll just we'll, we'll all just agree <laughs> that I sent the recipe. It wasn't it wasn't my fault. That's all I've got to say on the matter. All right. It worked. So, it, it worked. It worked out fine. Yeah. Uh, well, what what do, you, what do you think, Mike? You think? Uh,
3: well, you know, they're both uh, very good beers. Or you and. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead again. You don't mind if I go ahead, or yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to hear mics. from you at
5: all. Um and And uh, you
3: know, what I really like about both the beers is the uh, mouthfeel. Uh, uh-huh. This high mash uh, temperature really, uh, yeah, really does well with this mouthfeel. It's kind huh? of
2: a silky kind of.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's a really, uh, it really, really pleasant. Uh, definitely the uh, the slight lack of hops in the in the I assume older and. Commercial version is a little disappointing, but mm-hmm. like you say, it's still a very good beer. Mm-hmm. Very still very drinkable, so I'd say cloned. Yes, I'd say cloned. I think our uh, homebrewed brewed version is a little hoppier, but yeah, this is going to be the way it is. I'm sure if we got a brand-new uh, two-week-old version from Stone, it'd be, it'd be hoppy as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Say the version that Chad experienced on in Connecticut. Right.
2: Yeah, I I would never turn down a, a drink of levitation. Somebody. I agree. <laughs> What's off for me? Yeah, it's okay. very good. Oh, I don't care, you know. Bottle draft, whatever it might be, I'd go for it. Well, and Mr. Moraz, what what do you say uh, on this beer? What's what's
5: your take on? It? Well, I went through about a case of this stuff. You know, yeah. pick a six pack up here, six six pack there, just to uh-huh. kind of you know f- get a feel for it, see you know yeah. what I thought of it, and um, so I I was able to pick up a little bit fresher batch, uh-huh. um, a bottling batch than um, what we have here. Uh, so, do you think th-
2: any of them are quite this hoppy? Or do you think they may be slightly less? Um, have you side by sided them at all?
5: Yeah, I did. I mm-hmm. did the other day. Um and it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. The, there's a huge it's Amar- closer than what we're experiencing. A, there's here. a huge Amarillo nose in the fresh version of Levitation mm-hmm. Stones version. Mm-hmm. Um more than we have here. Um and I think that's what this one's lacking. Right. Um and you can t- the caramel malts are just a little bit different. But it's really I, I thought I did a really good job. Yeah. And I, was, I did too. You know, you put in, even with these beers, and you get there's just a little bit things, but overall, you know, you couldn't tell the difference if somebody handed it, like Justin said. I think mm-hmm. it's yeah, if it's you it's handed really...
2: me yours and said, Hey, you want some levitation? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, Yeah, I'd be like, Wow, it's a little hoppier than than usual for me, but um, I, I wouldn't say it wasn't levitation.
4: I think it's a good point. Moraz brings up when cloning beers, too, uh, and trying to do this is to pick up. Uh, different batches of the mm. beer from different locations.
2: Right. The freshest you can get the the, the yeah. best maintained you can get. Stones
5: yeah. does have yeah. a, uh, I don't want to say it. it's got a drink by date or um, mm-hmm. there is some of them if you look on the very bottom of the bottle it'll say um, the date month and year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So it, this, it says a number on there but I don't know how far out. If it's a six month out or a 9 month out or what, mm-hmm. what so it'd be interesting to find out right. maybe we can email well, Mitch and find out.
2: And it depends on how well it's it's managed. Again, if you set it in the blazing sun for 6 months, yeah. it's probably not going to do as well as if you store it in a ice cool dark place or, you know, at least refrigerate it, something like that. It really, you know, extends the life of beer considerably. We had Charles Bamforth on uh, on Bruce Strong not too long ago, and he was saying, you know, every ten degrees C uh, in temperature, you double the speed of all your chemical reactions. So the the aging of the beer happens, you know, twice as fast for every ten degrees C, which is you wow. know uh, considerable. So. Uh, you know one thing to keep in mind I, I and I think that plays a, a big part of that so we're calling this one clone then I guess it's uh nice work morass well
5: thank you very much
2: yeah uh, unanimous with uh, some slight caveats so well and you know what else happened with the uh, the brewing I I want to hear about that but I want to take a short break and uh, you know uh, when we come back you know tell us some of the uh, you know details of, of your brew process back after this where were we Are you still
0: from the mist of Ravenwood and Lord Zinfandel the Avenger is in pursuit. Do you drop the barrel and run? Hell no. We need it for a flinter's red! I'm gonna cast Pediococcus damnesis on the barrel! Sorry! Your ghosts are imprisoned in his winery forever! Oh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster It sucks!
5: What do we have here, Orville Rodenbach? Buzz off, guy!
0: We got a brew session going. Is that an actual beer?
3: Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th-level beer nerd.
1: Are you a 10th-level beer nerd? Do you get a long-lasting foam stand when you think about wheat malt? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping. Only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the pre-prohibition lager. Perfect for steampunk. And the single hop best bitter. Now on cap and 10 forward. Make 10th-level at northernbrewer.com.
0: Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah.
1: White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Uh... Motherf- White Labs, it's all in the vial. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. starting with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot, and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. E.W.O.,
0: hey, well, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two? Yeah!
3: <laughs> Spraying
1: live beer radio all over your face.
6: <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby! <laughs>
1: The Brewing Network.
0: And
9: now, Suck It Tasty!
2: All right. We're doing Stone Levitation, and uh, we're all just raving about how much we, <laughs> we, we love, love, love this beer. <laughs> yeah, it's great beer. And that was the entire conversation during the break was, yeah, this is really good. Oh, yeah, I really love this beer. You know, I could drink a ton of this beer.
3: It's going to be in lots of kegerators. I got the feeling. Oh yeah, get this yeah.
2: You, you want to brew this one? You yeah. want to? You want to give this one a shot? And you want to uh, go out and buy yourself some stone levitation? Mm-hmm. You can. You can get it. You know, across most of the country. Sometimes it's it's hard to get, but uh, it's well worth getting and, and give it a try. And once you try it, you'll you'll know why we're so excited and, about and it. And
5: if they have an old example, buy it. Store out, so they'll get a fresh version in.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so. yeah. <laughs> even if you, even if a yeah. sold example, still good, <laughs> you know, you're not gonna, you're not going to be disappointed either way. All right, so so Mike, uh, you know what what kind of uh, uh, interesting uh, notes can you give us about this this brew, brew session? One thing you mentioned before the show was that you know when it comes to the whirlpool editions, you go ahead and whatever your process is, you go ahead, you shut off the the burner. You add your hops and then you're
5: going to wait the amount of world to pull time? Well, I'll start from the beginning, from what the, you know, make sure I hit my mash temp and then Mm -hmm. I'll get to that in a a minute. So um, I haven't brewed a beer in probably four months since I brewed this one. Um, We just had a baby in November, so that's been keeping me pretty busy. But I was running out of beer and I needed a nice pale ale, something I could put away, a decent amount of beer without passing out on the couch. And this is a perfect beer. Mm -hmm. Come home from work, have a piece of pizza, have a glass of beer. This one works well. Um, So mash temp, um, I got 156, just a little short of the 157, so Mm -hmm. um, not a huge difference. I don't think it affected too much of the beer at all. Um, Boil went pretty normal. Um, Everything was good. Evaporation rate was right. And then I come to the end, um, and I did boil for 90 minutes, put the first hop in at 90, and then I 10 minutes towards the end, I put the second edition in, Mm -hmm. and then I... Flame out. I turn it off. I'll put my last hop edition in, mm-hmm. which would be the whirlpool edition you're, you're talking about. So mm-hmm. that would be zero minutes for me. I'm mm-hmm. um, throw them in and put the lid on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then s- you'll notice the hops will come and settle on the top. You'll get this green. Right. So I got a sanitized spoon, a fluffy mass of, uh, and I'll stir uh, that. So I'll, I'll whirlpool it. I'll stir it in, uh-huh. um, and those will all stir in and settle back in. So you mm-hmm. don't, and then let it sit for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and then I'll turn my uh, immersion chiller on. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, there you go. Uh, and then it uh then pretty much is business as normal. Well, I guess yeah.
2: you know, I'm using the Whirlpool immersion chiller. I, I could um just wait. just turn it on without turning the water on. And essentially I'm whir- yeah. Whirlpooling. Yeah. There you go. I wouldn't have to uh yeah. There, there you go. That that's what I'll do. So it seems to work. Cuz you got you got to adjust for that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, I go I use hop sacks with the hop for my hop. So I'm able to uh as in a commercial whirlpool where they transfer you know, leave a lot of the uh, hop residue in the boil kettle mm-hmm. i'm basically you know doing it you know one tank Mm-hmm-hmm. but i'm removing those 60 uh, 30 20 minute uh hops
2: right right Oh, that's that's an even better uh, yeah so you're no longer not extending i'm not giving, not those, an a, I'm not the giving those another 30 minutes right right, right. exactly uh, okay now since you're using uh, a sack do you uh, increase the amount of uh, hops you're putting in there by no, no, like ten no, percent or whatever?
3: No, as long as I keep, uh, yeah, I always, uh, like a have a good size sack. I think it's about uh, nine inches square, and I don't that's put a any more. That's a good sack. That's a good yeah. sack. I the, the GoNads am I going nothing? <laughs> and. Uh, I uh, don't put any more than two ounces in any one sack. So if it costs for three, I'll just have to use. So you got you know, a big
2: sack, but a little, little amount. Of, I mean,
3: small, concepts, little yeah.
2: amount of material in the sack. Exactly. So it's really spreading out. What a droopy yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I imagine I two ounces even in a nine nine inch square yeah, sack. Yeah, it's pretty
3: lots of room in there. So. Yeah, it's it's just like a like a thin amount of material. All right, and it's just the way I make beer. I've been making okay. it that way forever, and uh, seem to get, you know what people expect to be the right mm-hmm. IBUs you know, in terms of flavor yeah, if you, and stuff like if that. If
2: you jam a lot of stuff in your oh, sack right. and it's yeah. tight packed and especially those those like pellets will swell up. Yeah. Push um,
5: then you're not getting a good utilization. Yeah, you end up with
2: it. a turgid sack. You're going to end up with very little utilization. You got a string
5: right. on the end of it or you just kind of fish it out when you're ready? Oh, I just fish them out. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Go fishing. Yeah.
3: Go yeah. fishing? Yeah. Big spoon? I'll take it mine while it's still boiling. Just You, know.
2: yeah. you stick your hand in there?
3: Really We're, man yeah, up? Yeah, and yeah. Just no, like, no, no. <laughs> I have a spoon. Yeah, big spoon. Big spoon. It's huh? a piece of cake. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh.
2: Cool. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, some good pointers. And uh, we talked about fermentation temperature. That was the other one that uh, it was, was really a. Yeah, I, thing. I
5: did it at sixty eight. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I did, He said I think seventy two in the interview, and I know right. from past experience with this yeast, that's just not gonna. That's just way too. Yeah, you're gonna end up
2: with a really yeah. hot alcohol estery beer. It just just won't work. You gotta. Yeah, you know, again, they're using those big old fermenters, and that's that's going to suppress the uh, yeast activity.
5: But I did ramp it up to seventy at the end. He did mention a diazolid. So I went ahead, and as uh-huh. uh, soon as the signs of fermentation were pretty much done, I went and had ramped it up. Right. good old heating pad on the carboy works wonders. Yeah, so. yeah,
2: Well, I think uh, that's another uh, notch in your belt as one of our uh, master clone brewers here, and we appreciate. Uh, all your effort. Yeah.
5: This Another side note, this beer would probably, be, out of all the beers that you've had on Canyon Brew, it would probably be the easiest beer to make as a beginning oh, extract yeah. beer. Exactly. That's you what we're can, supposed to do. You I can do a huge, it's an easy extract. You know, just get some um, liquid malt extract, and you can use the Crystal malt to steep, and then just, you can use the, um, the Dry English 007. It's a low enough to gravity. I don't know what you're, if you just pitched a vial or two, probably two vials mm-hmm. uh, straight without doing a starter. There's probably right. people out there that still don't want to do starters. Right. You could get um, away with a vial in this. Yeah. Yeah. And you can even, even if you can get away with the, the dry mm-hmm. English on this, I think right. it's the SO4. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I emailed you back and forth a few times about the the Y yeast strains. Uh-huh. I didn't like the attenuation numbers on those because in th- the dry right. English, it's 80% attenuation. Yeah. And the Y yeast didn't have that. Didn't have those numbers, so right, I didn't right. didn't take a chance on, on testing yeah, those out.
2: I think if you're doing the stone beers, you want to go with the the dry, uh, the O, the uh, W P O Seven Sav- yeah. dry English ale from White Labs. I think that's going to be your closest strain to what Stone's using. If you're an extract brewer, I, I keep forgetting to mention. In this case, you would uh, replace the the pale malt. With uh, either DME or liquid malt extract, if it's DME, you know, it's like around the mid-50s percentage-wise. Just take 55% of whatever our pale malt addition was in DME, and the lightest DME you can get, and there you go. Or, you know, use liquid malt extract. It depends on the liquid malt extract. It's going to be somewhere in the mid to upper seventies, um, you know, around seventy-five to eighty percent of the pale malt uh, bill. And don't worry, you don't have to get it exactly on the money. Uh, what's more important than you have a nice fermentation, to fully fermented out. What we've learned in this show is you can be off a number of gravity points at the start, and as long as it ferments out properly, the the, the proper amount of attenuation at the end. It's going to taste like the, the, the beer you're trying to clone. So it doesn't have to be precise. Um, and the nice thing about extract, you can check your gravity once you get your word all mixed up and see if you're correct for your starting gravity. If you are, hey, there you are. If you aren't, go ahead, add a little water, add a little uh, DME, and, and you should be good. All right, we got a couple of questions in the chat room. A lot of people listening live in the chat room, and uh, you can too. Go to the Brewing Network site and click on that uh chat button there and chat away.
4: Yeah, a lot of questions coming through. Uh, you know, you had talked about the uh, when Bamforth said it, for every 10 degrees, uh-huh. it, uh, how, how your beer will age faster. So someone asked if that goes for conditioning a beer too, should we then condition our beer at higher temperatures and will that speed up that process?
2: Well, if you're talking, it depends on what you mean by conditioning. If you're talking about Um, You know, carbonation of the Mm -hmm. beer in the bottle and things like that, then, yes, uh, you know, warmer temperatures will aid in carbonation, you know, the yeast activity that's going to carbonate the beer. If you're you're
4: naturally carbonating. Right.
2: Now, somebody asked me this question in terms of, you know, storing beers to drink later on. And they're like, well, you know, if I want the beers to develop, you know, character from aging over time, should I do it warmer or should I do it colder? And, yeah, the the warmer it is, certainly the faster it's going to show signs of age. I'm not sure, you know, absolutely everything you want. And a big part of storing beer and developing character through it is oxidation over time. Hmm. Oxida- oxidizes alcohols and creates esters and all sorts of different things happen. I'm not sure that you know you really want that to happen fast, and you really want to accelerate oxidation. If you want to, if you have some beer, you want to develop some oxidation in it in a month. Yeah, you know, store it warm, or you know, in a couple of That's months.
5: an Interesting experiment: stick some in the fridge and stick some right. on top of the fridge, or yeah. in a hot. If even the summertime, I put beers at 9 degrees out in the shed. Mm-hmm and I had a cold one and then after a month try them it's a huge it's a noticeable difference Mm.
2: and one of the biggest differences not necessarily that upper temperature but um, that the temperature changes goes up and down when you don't put your beer in a controlled environment what happens is the temperature goes up five degrees and down five degrees the um, liquid inside it's expanding and contracting with the heat and it's pulling oxygen into the bottle under that crown cap so it's Pushing gas out and pulling gas in—it's tiny little bits, but Still you know dying. you get enough micro oxidation that way. Um, when the temperature shifts, and I think that's a, a big part of why beers that are left warm uh, go stale faster. Okay. Because of that fluctuating temperature. If you keep the temperature steady at, let's like, say, seventy degrees, and the temperature never changes—not even by a fraction. Um, not even a you know a, a hundredth of a degree. If it's perfectly steady, I bet you that beer lasts a lot longer than if it fluctuates by half a degree Fahrenheit or a quarter degree C. Hmm. I bet you that right there oxidizes it much much faster. They find that in I think wine they they count on those slight variations in temperature to pull the wine into the wood and pull, mm-hmm. you know, oxygen through the wood and things like that. That's
5: probably why Sierra Nevada changed their caps. They're really worried about that occupation. Right. Note.
2: right. Makes makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if you want to drink the beer over the course of, you know, one a day for a couple of months, yeah, maybe you'll store it warmer if you want to see it condition faster like that or oxidize faster. If what you want to do is drink one every couple of months for five years, I would store it cold. And, uh, you know, a big part of conditioning is actually the settling of the micro-fine particulate matter. And yeast cells and things like that will drop out. And, uh, you know, they're super dusty. You can look at a beer, look crystal clear to you, and then you store that and you let it sit for a couple of years without moving in a nice cool temperature. You'll end up with a fine layer of material across the bottom of that bottle that you're like, wow, all that was in there.
4: <laughs> even though the, it looked clear. Right, and the yeah.
2: beer will change. The uh the bubbles will be much finer uh when you pour that beer. Uh you know, the just just a whole lot of changes happen to the beer just because all that
4: stuff drops out. Hmm. So okay. Another listener asked uh, what brand of crystal malts. Does anybody care about that? Is there a preference?
5: Well, that's oh, a, a note. I didn't get big the Crystal difference. 150. I couldn't find 150. I yeah. used 120. 120. And it God, and
2: it's a British su- surprisingly, 77. Surprisingly summer. I think, uh, doesn't he mention during the show are they using British Simpsons? British malts. Hey, British, yeah. Was yeah. It, Thomas? it wasn't Thomas Fawcett. Yeah. Um, Simpsons, probably. Hmm. I think that's
7: what it was. Yeah, British specifically was mentioned in the interview, I believe. Right. but he okay. didn't, I don't know if you mentioned I, which, which I would,
2: one. I would ge- get yourself over to uh, northernbrewer.com yeah. and uh, pick up your Simpsons malt there. They have the... Uh, one fifty, and they have the uh, the seventy some odd uh, in Simpsons,
4: and they are the master of grain in general, Amazing. Northern Brewers. Yes. So uh, even if they don't have it, you might ask them; they'll get it.
2: But they definitely have the the dark Simpsons. So they have the, the, the whatever the darkest Simpsons is that they have. That's it. That's the one. Okay,
5: but you can use the one twenty. is obviously it works. apparently so. Obviously, it works. That's a
2: small that's a small
4: portion of the the grist. Yeah.
2: It's surprising what you can get away with and still have that beer,
4: you know, right on the money. Mm. Okay, another listener asked, uh, what temperature was the diacetyl rest that you had mentioned?
5: Two, two degrees. It went from 68 for the normal fermentation, and then it went up to 70. Okay. So. All
4: right. And finally, uh, what BJCP style does this most closely approach? That's how it. Uh, <laughs> I don't
5: know. I think they won their <laughs> medal care. for uh, American Amber. American Amber. I think oh, that's yeah? what they won the GBGA According for to s- a friend,
2: told me American Amber. <laughs> so
5: <laughs> okay. it's maybe on the very dark edge of um, American Pale Ale. I don't know. Right. It's kind of it's kinda between, but a, it's a little a, too hoppy for a true. Isn't Amber a little bit more? Maybe if you didn't dry on the West it, Coast.
2: Yeah, West Coast, we go. Let's we go, go a little really more hopper room in If you didn't
5: amber. dry hop it, you might get away with it. We American consider
2: Red amber. Rocket an American amber out yeah. right here. Which yeah, I can is, see you it know, wasn't dry hopped. I know the rest of the world may not, but out here we, you know, our, we dry
5: hop everything <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah, our so lagers. So yeah, I, I, I would say American amber. Yeah, sure, because <laughs> um, it's got you know too much crystal malt character to really be a uh, American pale ale. Now, yep. if you're in the Midwest,
9: That's it's, a pale American, it's American. American pale <laughs> ale. <but> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh, all my friends in the Midwest. And
5: I it's got a beautiful rap. red color. It's an amber. All
7: yeah,
2: right. yeah I, 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 that's a good... That's
7: a
4: good uh, NHC
7: 2010 Pale Ale. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, and several folks in the chat asked if you'd recap the recipe before we go. You don't have the rewind button? <laughs> what, what the heck? You could download
2: the show and get
4: all the information. Yeah, normally it's just, say, one person, and that's my answer. But several people, I don't know if we rush through like, or... Uh,
2: Seven seven twenty already. We're twenty minutes late on this show.
4: Maybe people are feeling even lazier than us today.
2: Oh, God, Finally waking know.
4: up. I don't know how that's
2: possible. <laughs> um, I'm just beat. All right, so yeah, the uh, starting gravity uh, ten forty eight. I don't think I gave that the first time. And then like uh, IBU somewhere in the fifty to sixty range. Uh, you're gonna boil for ninety minutes. Uh, SRM is eighteen point three. Using Mori for the color. Uh, 80, 84.6% uh, uh, British uh, 2 row, 10% of a Crystal 75, and 5% of a Crystal 150, and uh, a half a percent of uh, Black Patent Malt. And hops uh, 14 grams Columbus, 29 grams Amarillo, uh, 14 grams Columbus at 90 minutes. 29 grams amarillo gold at, at 30 minutes or you can do amarillo you can do at 10 minutes um, and the others will be whirlpool and then uh, 33 grams uh, crystal 11 grams simcoe uh, both at 20 minutes or that would be your whirlpool and then uh, uh, 42 grams of amarillo dry hopping at uh, 65 degrees. Uh, fermentation 67 degrees Fahrenheit at, uh, with the uh, WOP007 dry English ale and mash temperature of 157. If you're an extract brewer, uh, just swap out that that pale malt with uh, some extract. Uh, you know, if you're using uh, a liquid malt extract, is you know around the high 70s percentage. If you're doing a dry malt extract, it's going to be about 55 uh, percent. Uh, swap out for that that pale malt and you should be good that's it and and drink please say please say used to say (laughs) drink it up and drink brew and drink all right and if you are listening to my voice you're gonna want to come down to the brewing network winter brews fest which is saturday january 30th linden street brewery in oakland 30 brewers uh, 30 breweries uh, food. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more brewers if you all show up. All right. <laughs> that's right. Because you're all brewers. Uh, 30 breweries going to show out there and uh, pour copious amounts of beer. Food by uh, the homebrew chef, uh, Sean Paxton, famous uh, world over. Yeah. Live music. Uh, as long as Justin's not playing, it'll be good live music. Yeah, that's true. I agree. And uh, $25 gets you a commemorative glass and uh, five drink tickets. And then uh, you get yourself over to network dot com slash on tap for more info. I'll be there. I'll be
4: drinking. All right.
2: And, Do you have the time
5: uh, of the day when it's going to start? It's Saturday, January
4: 30th, and it starts at 1. Was 1, one till 8 p.m. Yeah. Excellent. We like them long around
2: here. There's nothing like being <laughs> totally blasted at the end of the day at 8 o'clock in yeah, Oakland. Yeah. yeah. Down here the docks, <laughs> wandering around. Walking your ass back to BART. <laughs> Stagger back to the BART station. Yeah. It's actually quite safe out there. Yeah, uh, I, we wandered all around that part of town during uh, the uh, conference, and, and nothing's going to happen. Just yet. head back to downtown Oakland and
7: continue drinking at one of the many fine establishments. Right. Right. The Trappist is out That's there. Uh, Pacific,
2: Pacific Coast, Coast, which took really good care of us there at the, uh, at the conference. You can... Get yourself over there. Get something to eat after this the shindig. Yeah, uh, it'd be a great great time. So uh, get yourself down there and uh, you just uh, show up at the door and, and buy your ticket there. There's yeah. no pre sales. Right. You just uh, show up there and uh, your twenty five bucks gets you in. And uh, you know wear your uh, your Bruce Strong gear. You know, there you go. Uh, the, I think uh, Justin's got uh, Bruce, new Bruce Strong embroidered hats mm-hmm. in the store. I got one. I love it. It is now my, it is, it is de- displaced my, uh, my other favorite, uh, brewing hat. Now I just wear my Brew Strong hat everywhere I go. And, uh, Brew Strong hats, shirts, they're all in the, uh, the store. You get yourself over to the uh, Brewing Network dot com slash store. And uh, he's also got Brain Classic Styles books. They're signed.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, new Hop Grenade uh, designs on the T-shirts. Hop Grenade polo shirts if you need to dress it up a little bit. Uh, you got glassware?
4: Are you out? I'm out. <sighs> yeah. I'm out. I
2: use I use the Brain Network glasses at home exclusively.
4: I talked to them today, so there should be some soon.
2: All right. So uh, over time this podcast... You know, get there and you have to check the store on a regular basis because, you know, merchandise comes in and you got thousands of people vying for this stuff and they snap it up quick. So, you know, get yourself there, check it, check it daily, every couple of days, make sure you you can get in there. And, you know this stuff is reasonably priced if you ask me, I told Justin you should raise the prices because yeah. it's, it's too reasonable and it's uh, it unreasonable. Know, the uh you know the uh, you know the uh the you can always donate the fifteen difference. bucks or so you pay for a shirt you know yeah. uh, a portion of it goes to the bottom line of the brain network, keeps this programming going without it you know we can't uh, can't have fine studios like the studio B here, even with the aroma of the studio B <laughs> at least it um, looks good it looks good on camera. <laughs> You know, smell a vision here. Yeah. And uh, if you don't want to buy anything, you can always donate. A couple of bucks, two bucks a month, it gets you into uh, – if you sign up on the website for the uh, the $2 donation, uh, you can do any level if you want, but it starts at two bucks, goes up from there. And uh, if you're a recurring donor, for that two bucks a month, you automatically get entered each month into a uh, more beer donation giveaway where they give you uh, conicals, they're giving away sculptures, they're trips draft systems they give away you know heating and cooling all sorts of you know expensive gear yeah. and uh you know two bucks a month twenty four bucks a year you know it's like a like a magazine subscription but uh you instead of getting it once a month or once every uh, couple of months you get shows every week yeah.
4: Uh you know more than every week. Uh between you
2: get uh That's up
4: to 7 shows a month usually. 7 shows a month. Yeah, yeah. you
2: get Kane you brew it uh every other week, you get uh Brew Strong every other week. You get the session 3 weeks uh a month. Mm-hmm. And uh God knows what else you might be getting in the near future. Tons so, of weird um, stuff, yes. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, and then you get and some other weird, weird shows. shows. <laughs> 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 yeah. this just be nameless. Um <clears throat> you get those as well and all the all the back are there so uh, you know pretty cheap for for all the uh, the time and effort that goes into these shows that's right well, if you get a chance uh, you know yeah give us your support and support our our wonderful sponsor northern Brewer they really are great guys they they make everything happen for us here so uh, we love them they
3: make it work for us and we love beer too it's a good thing <laughs> the show's about beer <laughs> <laughs> well, I love day. you, Taste. I'm early for the wine show.
2: Speak, speaking of which, uh, you know, coming up, if you're listening live, this is another show we're going to do: uh, terrapins,
3: rye pale
2: ale. Oh, yeah. and that's Taste's challenge. Yeah. yeah, did I do
3: it? We'll see. Mm.
2: We'll see. And uh, and lots of other good stuff coming up. Anyways, until uh, till next time, you know, go out, brew some beer. You know, brew brew some beer for some other people. Mm. And uh, yeah, also Bruce Strong,
3: and often.